Good morning. I guess I got to move my own podium this morning. Just kidding. Tough life is right, yes. Hey, my name is Fred, one of the... Pa- oh, thank you, Jack. Look at that. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, happy 4th of July weekend. This is my attempt at red, white, and blue. Uh, okay, didn't work. Um, hey, it was great to have uh, Jeff and Stacy up here at the beginning of the service to talk about uh, Camp Fairwood. Uh, they did a great job with that. And so, yeah, to reiterate, encouraging you to, to come on out and join us for that. Uh, there's an information packet out there, or we've got everything up on our website. would love for you to go there and check out all the details that there are to see. Um, it's, it's been a really great time for us to, to get away. And, and, and one of the one of the, we've got two kind of primary changes that we're making this year. One of those is on Saturday, August 12th, that's kind of in the midst of that weekend, we're calling that the big day. And so if you happen to not be an overnight camper or maybe just in your life you don't have several days where you can get away, we'd love to have you come up just for that Saturday, August 12th. We'll have a whole slate of the different activities Stacy was talking about happening that day. There's a couple of camp meals available. Uh, we're going to have a special chapel time where we're inviting uh, several people to come and share stories of how God's been working in their lives. And then we'll head down to the, uh, to the swimming lake for some baptism, uh, baptisms there all on that Saturday. So I uh, encourage you to come up for the big day. The second change that we're making is with the registration process for those of you who are overnight campers. Um, when you go on our website, you'll see step one, two, and three. Uh, step two is to go to Sign Up Genius and go right in and, and pick whatever cabin or campsite you'd really like to get. Those are available on first come, first serve basis, so you might not get your first choice, so keep trying. Um, and so that's happening. There is kind of a high demand for some of the, the cabins and the covered wagons, and so we have a two-night minimum stay on those now uh, this year uh, for that as well. So I encourage you to do that. Um, and if, uh, uh, if you're just coming up for the day, we've got that third step, which is the Reg Fox. That just helps us know who you are and what meals you want and things like that. Uh, so please go on the website or check out that packet to, uh, to do that. I've uh, got some great news that our Hillcrest Church family is growing uh, if you haven't heard, uh, Tim and Bethany Grenewig had a baby boy on June 16th, a couple of weeks ago. His name is Boaz James. Powerful, right? Yeah. And then uh, just yesterday morning, we heard from the Wilsons, uh, This uh, Sarah and Andrew Wilson. They had a little baby boy named George. He comes in at 7 pounds, 15 ounces, and so all are doing well uh, with them. So great news from our church family. Well, it is summertime, and uh, as we look back at the different summers that we had, one of my highlights was our really long driving loop vacations that we would take around different places of the country. And uh, that was kind of my happy place, was sitting in the driver's seat, looking in the rearview mirror to kind of see the family behind me as we went on these, these uh, really nice trips around the country. But I have to be honest, uh, most of these long trips didn't typically start out very well. I was always a stickler. I was the driver. I was the stickler that we were going to leave early in the morning, like 4 o'clock in the morning, and we were going to leave on time and we were going to get going uh, because I was in a hurry to kind of leave home and a hurry to get to wherever it was that we were going. 
I knew that if I just wanted to relax and lallygag around and have coffee and like enjoy one another, we weren't going to leave for a long time. So it was like, okay, we got to get going and get out. And uh, that often meant that when, when everybody was not following or when they were kind of running a little bit late, that meant that, that I got pretty grumpy with them and, uh, and started to drive, bring them down with me. So that wasn't, uh, usually, uh, didn't usually start out real well. But along the way, and these were really long trips, I can remember multiple times kind of getting tired as I was driving, or maybe somebody in the car, one of those really nice people, said, hey, uh, Dad, I got to go. And, uh, and I said, well, we just stopped not that long ago. And so we'd be driving along, and then all of a sudden we'd have this debate when this particular sign would come alongside the road, rest area one mile. I'd be thinking, okay, maybe I should stop, but no, I want to keep going. I want to get to where we're going to be. Or somebody would say, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. And I'd say, can't you wait another 49 miles? I mean, think of all the, the great time we'll make if we just keep going. And, uh, and that was, was not always the best thing because for me, I was missing out on a lot of the joy that there was available to me in that journey. And I was uh, dragging my family down uh, with me as well. So today, as we continue our study through the Gospel of Luke, we're going to be introduced to two women, Martha and Mary. They are sisters, and they are each on their own journeys through life and faith in Jesus. One of them was really focused on getting things done for herself, and she had lost her joy, as we will see. The other, it says, she had chosen the necessary thing, taking time to rest and stop and listen at Jesus' feet. So we're going to spend a few minutes first in the text here, and then we're going to invite three people from our church family to come on up and kind of give us a window into their lives and their circumstances that they've been experiencing here lately that, that, that let us in on their own struggles between uh, uh, this, this life of anxiety and trouble and a life at Jesus' feet. So let's pray before we uh, jump into that. Our Father, we thank you uh, for this text, this Bible that you have given to us to help us to learn more about you and uh, to learn more about ourselves. Uh, so I ask that you would speak through me, through our, our panelists, into the lives and the stories that are represented here. Uh, help us all to see you more clearly and to find more and more joy in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you open your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 38. And as we read, uh, keep in mind our big idea today, which is a faithful heart takes time for rest. Faithful heart takes time for rest. Luke 10, beginning in verse 38, it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. 
So this passage is a tale of two sisters, a tale of two hearts. And let's begin with Martha. Verse 38 again. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. But Martha was distracted with much serving. This word distracted, definitely, can you feel that? It's got like a negative connotation to it, right? And the word that Luke uses here literally means to be dragged all around. And he's, Luke was referring to Martha's mind and her heart, even her time, what she was doing is being pulled away and dragged around, distracted from her relationship with Jesus. And as we can see with Martha here, several things happen when we get distracted from what is truly good. First of all, we can get anxious. We can get anxious. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Sometimes our troubles can kind of start out small, and if we, if we let them take hold in our hearts, then if they drag us away from Jesus, we can easily spiral out of control and become anxious. Second thing that can happen is that we can question God's love for us. Verse 40, she went up to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care? Do you not care? When we lose focus on God, when we get distracted by these things, doubts and lies can easily creep into our minds and our hearts, dragging us from the very things that we know to be true. And this adds to that downward spiral. Third, we can find ourselves blaming others for our own failures. Verse 40 again, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister left me? Oh, that nasty sister. Blaming her. When our hearts are distracted, we can blame others instead of looking at our own responsibility in our situation. Fourth, when we actually do look at ourselves in this way, it can also be with like self-pity because of how miserable we believe we are. I think you can hear this too in her voice. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone all by herself? Martha's world is all about her and her own circumstances without any consideration of others. Fifth, when we get distracted, we can even start telling God what to do. Martha makes this demand of Jesus. She says to him, tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. Pretty bold of Martha, wasn't it? And finally, one last thing. When we get distracted from what is truly good, sometimes we even want to drag others down with us. Because as the saying goes, misery loves company, right? Martha was actually envious of what Mary was experiencing sitting at Jesus' feet. And she wanted nothing more than to steal her joy and to bring her into her own misery to prepare whatever she was doing. So as we journey through life, we must remember not to get distracted from Jesus like Martha was. Or we're going to lose this godly perspective and godly joy. Instead, a faithful heart takes time to rest. And so we're going to take a look at Mary next. Verse 39, it says, And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. 
Mary cast all other things that were happening in her life aside, sat at Jesus' feet, and listened to him. And when we follow Mary's example, we're going to see that there are real benefits that come along with taking this time to rest. First, we are more able to quiet the noise of the potential distractions that are all around us and choose to focus on what really matters. Jesus had said to Mary in verse 42, he said, or sorry, to Martha, but one thing is necessary. All these distractions around us are unnecessary. There is one thing that's necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion. Just like with a long journey ahead, I want to keep on driving. And when I see that I've got a long, a busy day ahead or a busy week ahead, I just simply want to keep on working. And so many times I forget to stop and choose the one thing that is necessary, time to rest in Jesus. In fact, I love this quote, and I hate this quote from Martin Luther. He says, work, work from morning until late at night. In fact, I have so much to do that I shall have to spend the first three hours in prayer. Rest is so important. It's critical both to avoid the pitfalls of a distracted and anxious heart and to help us fight for joy in Jesus no matter what our circumstances are around us. And by the way, when we do take time to rest, we're probably going to be more productive when we work, right? So there's that too. So that's the first thing. Second, when we rest and listen at Jesus' feet, we keep an eternal perspective on what's happening around us. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And that good portion will not be taken away from us either. The eternal perspective reminds us, as we just sang in that first song, that this world is not our home. We are bound for glory. We are actually called strangers and, and sojourners here. And an eternal perspective helps us to remember that the journey is short and the destination is forever. Paul says it this way. He says, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Finally, when we rest, we have an opportunity to model our faith and trust and our hope and our joy in Jesus to the whole distracted and troubled world all around us. I always remember Maxine Sebastian in her last weeks and days of her life as she was literally dying of this very painful bone cancer. As I sat and talked to her, she, she didn't feel sorry for herself. She didn't question God's love for her. She didn't try to tell God what to do. Now, she told a lot of people around her what to do, but she didn't try to tell God what to do. Instead, she took her eyes off of herself and she reflected Jesus. She told me a story of, of a time when she was in the hospital re recovering from the latest broken bone that she had, and there was num another woman there in, 
in the, the cancer area of the hospital, and she struck up a conversation with her and began to minister to her and to show compassion for her and then to say, can I pray for you? And prayed for her. All of this reflecting this eternal hope that Maxine had. And this eternal hope is something that we have in the good news of Jesus Christ, no matter what is happening around us. So we have Martha and we have Mary, a tale of two hearts. Now, I want to make sure that we all understand that Luke's point in writing this and recording it this way was certainly not that, that serving or working is bad, but rather being distracted by whatever it is that competes for our affections and our hearts. Whatever is competing for that, if we get distracted, it has devastating consequences. It was Mary, this is what Luke wants us to know, is Mary that chose the good and necessary thing to stop and rest and listen and experience joy in Jesus. Now, whenever we read this passage, we can probably identify a tendency in our own heart that that maybe leans a little bit towards Martha for some of us, and for others might lean a little bit more towards Mary. Well, I uh, am a Martha, and on Friday, as Jennifer and I were at home, we are kind of talking through some sermon stuff, uh, she said to me, I can think of no one better to talk about Martha than you. And I, was that a compliment or a helpful criticism? I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I, I've actually known that for a long time. I've known that that's been my tendency, but it's honestly, it's only been in the last couple of years that I have realized just how destructive that can be in my own life. And it all started just a couple of years ago when a good friend said to me, Fred, why are you always so tightly wound? And as much as that comment stung in the moment, it really helped me to see a blind spot that I had and I think I still have in my life. And I was very thankful Then about a year ago, I went to see my doctor because I'd recently been around people with COVID and I I had some chest tightness and and my my heart was kind of fluttering and pounding a couple of times a day. And and so I I just went in and and wanted to to see my doctor about that. And uh, when I went in, he told me that my symptoms were not from COVID or from any other respiratory disease or condition. But, uh, but it was because of my ongoing anxiety and stress that I was feeling in my life. And so now, for the first time, I actually had like a physical symptom of something that was happening to me mentally and emotionally and spiritually as I was being distracted and anxious about many things. And this really made me comp- contemplate the brokenness of my heart and really what is my lack of trust in God. And so as I took time to process that and to rest in God, he has helped me to realize that kind of the the primary root cause of some of that anxiety is that that I am anxious about the future. And so what I do to kind of counteract that anxiety or to actually fuel that anxiety is I, I focus on planning and working hard 
to try to actually control my future. Therefore, when I do that, when I feel like I have control because I've prepared well or I've worked hard, I actually find peace in my life, not in God, but in my plans and in my hard work. And there, friends, lies the problem. Because no matter how hard I plan or work, I never know just what God might be inviting me into next. And one more piece of this brokenness of being a planner and a worker, when my heart is distracted away from Jesus, I've often been critical of others who have a tendency more to live in the moment, who who set aside what I look at in their lives and say, wow, those are really important things that you're not doing right now. I don't think you've considered the consequences of not getting those important things done. In that brokenness, I often think they are living in the present at the expense of their future. And then about two months ago, right here in this room next door, on a Sunday morning, I was in there and we were praying with the worship team and the tech team uh, for the services that were about to happen. And I was in there, my head was down, my, my eyes were closed, uh, but my, my mind and my heart were not sitting at Jesus' feet. They were thinking about what I was going to say in just a few minutes when I came up to the stage to welcome everybody to Hillcrest. What were the words I was going to say? How could I say them and be warm and friendly and those kinds of things? And so in that moment, I I was convicted that I wasn't actually praying. And so I confessed that to God and and I heard God speak into into my heart and say, Fred, you are living in the future at the expense of the present. And that was a really critical thing for me to realize about my life. I'm living in the future at the expense of the present. So I am learning. I'm I'm learning to continue to find rest in God. I try to do that every morning to start the day. For me, I have found that, that writing and journaling through whatever the circumstances are in my life has been very beneficial because I actually slows down my brain enough to think because I can't write as fast as I can think or as fast as I can worry in some cases. And so it's really helped me to to stop and ponder and be honest as I'm writing. I feel that's part of my prayer time with God, being honest with God, honest with myself, listening for him. And so often as I finish a morning of journaling, I've actually untangled some things and found more peace, not in my plans, not in my circumstances, uh, but knowing that God is with me. And as I go through the day, as I'm trying to stay open and available for whatever it is God's inviting me into, I try to take advantage of any of these these rest areas, if you will, along the way. Sometimes it might be just a few minutes to get up from my desk and go outside for a walk and and a prayer. Sometimes it might be just to look out my window and appreciate God's uh, beautiful creation. Other times it might be to enjoy a conversation with one of my friends in the office. Just these little rest areas along the way. And yet, as happens many times, even this morning, when I'm distracted from what's truly good, when I lose my trust and my joy in Jesus, 
I'm reminded more and more to turn back to Jesus, and I'm reminded that I still have so much more room to grow. So that's our text. That's a little bit of my story. And now to help us gain even a little bit more perspective in life, I'd love to invite up Nicole and Wendy and Jim to come and join me. And they are going to let us in through a window into their lives to see how they have been dealing with certain circumstances and what God has been teaching them. So thank you for being up here. Isn't this great under these bright lights in front of people? Yeah, very good. So Nicole, I'm going to just ask uh, for you to kind of kick us off here and share what's been going on in your life that's been maybe tugging at a tale of these two hearts, one that leans towards Martha and one that leans towards Mary. What's, what's been going on in your world these days? So in 2018, my husband and I began an international adoption from the country of China. And in 2019, in the fall, we were matched with a little girl. Her name is Yuxi, and she was just turning four years old. Um, So we were beyond thrilled, of course. My husband and I, super excited. My four girls, super excited to bring home another sister. Um, We began to plan to bring her home probably in just three short months, which would have been January of 2020. So we all know what happened in January of 2020, COVID-19 happened, and um, we were told at that time to just hold on. Uh, We're not quite sure what's happening, but we won't be traveling in January, but possibly March of that year. (laughs) And then in March of 2020, um, U.S. travel shut down as well. And so we were like, okay. obviously really upset, anxious, worried. Um, As we're watching the news, as the rest of the world is as well, we're thinking not only of how that's affecting our lives and our children's lives and how day-to-day, how things will look, but also uh, concerned for her safety Mm -hmm. and for her mental and emotional well-being and how she's handling everything. Um, We got very little word from how she was doing. Um, so we, we worked through that and, and, and still held up hope that, well, for sure by the summer we would travel mm. and bring her home. Um, and then summer came and went, and then we thought, well, for surely by the end of 2020 we will bring her home. Mm. Um, and that did not happen yeah. either. And in that summer of 2020, I think it was, we, we as a church family did something called Cardboard Testimonies just as we were processing this lockdown and everything, and your family was in that. Um, Meg, could we, could we see that real quick? six months <laughs> has turned into three and a half years three and a half years so we continue yeah. to wait for you and there's to some pictures home. yeah yep she's seven and a half now oh thank you thank <laughs> you for sharing that wendy how about for you what's what have you been experiencing lately that has kind of brought you to this point um kind of in a 
Microphone, please. Yes. Thank you. You got it. <laughs> I'm anxious about being up here. More prayer. Um, over the last year, I have been traveling back and forth from Illinois every other week. It takes me about four and a half hours each way to go care for my parents. And I felt like um, that's what God wanted me to do. Um, there's scripture that supports go, um, taking care of your parents and honoring your father and your mother. And I went. Um, I stopped teaching and uh, hmm. devoted my time to my parents. As time went on, um, my parents uh, gave more and more demands, more and more challenges. Um, we had already gone through getting prostate cancer diagnosed and cataract surgeries taken care of and you name it. Almost every week when I went, I was taking them to doctor appointments. So the good news is those are done. <laughs> and God said, this is a time you need to rest. It's just like in the scripture today, you know, windy, windy. There's one thing that's important. And the one thing that's important is that I stop, and instead of putting all this busy work first, I need to put God first. Yeah, thank you. Jim, how about for you? What's, what's the last, uh, let's just say, nine or ten months been like for you? <laughs> it has been unbelievable, um, and not in the best way. Yeah. Um, but uh, the last, last month is, or last year has really been a challenge. Uh, in September... Uh, I remember getting woken up around midnight with a phone call from my mother and um, through the tears and, and uh, agony, um, she revealed that, that my brother had passed away and that he had taken his own life. And that was devastating for the whole family, of course, and, um, you know, making travel arrangements and dealing with the mourning process and, and just getting through that was, was really pretty tough. And then... Um, just a few months later, um, some of you may know my son, Zach, and his wife, Kimmy. Um, we, we sent them off to New Zealand. Um, so they're doing campus ministry in New Zealand. It's a wonderful thing. Um, but it is, we do miss them quite a bit. And, you know, it, they kind of... so far away. It's winter. <laughs> That's right. right. Literally, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Um, it's, it's, you know, it's hard having them gone, but, um, you know, that's, it's, they're doing the Lord's work and we couldn't be more proud of them. And, um, so kind of during this time, my, my sister had been struggling with her son who, um, had, uh, a lot of different, uh, just behavior that was very difficult for her to deal with. And she was really struggling. And so she reached out to us and said, Hey, listen, can, can I send my son to live with you for a while? He just needs some structure and some, so just a change of scenery maybe would, would kind of turn his life around, and he's 12 years old. And so um, we said, yeah, bring him out. Um, so he, he came out uh, in January to stay with us. And what we learned during that process was that he had been living uh, up to this point in his life undiagnosed with a, a condition called Graves' disease, um, and he also suffered um, from ADHD. And so that explained a lot of the behavior that my sister was struggling with and a lot of the just other you know, medical issues that he had been working through. And so mm-hmm. kind of got that you know, under, underway. And then it, uh, it wasn't long after that um, when uh, 
Uh, I remember I was sitting in my office and I got a phone call from my son and he said, hey, dad, I've you know, been having this trouble in my stomach. And so I went and saw a doctor and uh, they're pretty sure it's just an ulcer. And so, um, you know, we, they were just going to give me some medicine, but then they decided just for some reason as a precaution or just kind of, you know, just mm-hmm. to, to make sure everything else is okay, uh, they decided to do a CT scan and uh, that CT scan revealed that he had kidney cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> mm. um, and so um, we we got through that um, and got him out here, and uh, he was uh, in surgery. Um, and uh, during surgery in March, uh, we're, we're sitting at his bedside, and my wife's phone rings, and um, it's my other son, Luke, letting us know that he was sitting in the trainer's office and he had just broken his nose and he was going to require surgery on his nose. And mm. it's, uh, it just keeps going on and on. Yeah. So quite a bit, quite, quite a, bit. a bit, almost like, as we talked, like, like feeling a little bit like Job, you know, one thing after another, after another, uh, some things that, that, just you know, none down. of us ever wants one of those things in our lives. And, and you've kind of had them all here in the last last months so it's been quite a yeah a tough spell yeah i i can't imagine uh wendy for you um what has god been teaching you through this time maybe to help you become more like mary to to, how how have you been been growing and, and trying to find more time at jesus feet i've been um microphone i've been just taking time i don't know how to talk on a microphone I've been just taking time to um, get into the Word and get refreshed. Mm-hmm. Summer's a great time for just a chance to relax, and I get to go visit my grandchildren and do some of the other things that during the past year I wasn't able to do. And um, by, I guess there were three things that I was doing and learning through all this that... Um, I knew that I needed to spend more time in prayer. Mm. I knew that I needed to obey God. I needed to be in the word. I needed to be listening. I needed to be following through with it. I needed to be taking the time to that. And the one that really was the one that I was leaving off is I wasn't resting. I wasn't relaxing. I was very much Martha. Go, 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 go. And um, I was missing out on other joys. And now it's nice because... I am getting a little break. Yeah. And what's that been like for you to get a break, to take some rest at Jesus' feet? I'm smiling. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, it's been wonderful. I, literally, the week after I went out to, um, the week after I didn't go to my parents, the first week I went out a week and a half out in California with my granddaughter, who I rarely get to see. And I had her all to myself because mm-hmm. my son was deployed and my daughter-in-law was sent out, and um, so it was fun. Mm-hmm. And I had been saying no to all those things. I had felt like I was missing out on all those things. The kids had needed things. Yeah. But my focus was my parents because biblically I felt compelled that that's what I should be doing. And mm-hmm. so taking the time to really put God first has really helped. Yeah. Some of that, some of that activity actually took the joy out of serving your mom and dad, and now that's that's being restored. Very good, Jim. How about for you? What what have you been learning? How have you been processing all of this in your world? 
Yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, it, it, one of the, the areas that, um, you know, I found kind of my way of, of handling all of the circumstances that life is, is, is thrown at us um, is by, for me, I, I like to um, go out in the yard and I put my glasses on and I put my hat on and I put my headphones on and I just block out the rest of the world mm. and um, you know I can sit on the mower and just follow the line and then follow it back and it's just mindless I can just sit there and then for me that's an opportunity to to mourn mm. um, to pray to heal and so that's my um, really good quality time at the Lord's feet yeah. While I'm physically busy, but it's not yeah. occupying my mind to trim a, a branch or to pull a weed or to mow a lawn. But uh, that's time where I can just reflect on not only the things that are happening, but the gifts that I've been uh, given. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. How about for you, Nicole? What what God has God been teaching you the last three and a half four, five years, if you go all the way back to when this journey first started, how is he drawing you to his feet? Yes, it's really been a journey of faith, yeah. for sure. Um, there have been ups and downs, definitely, in my faith journey. Um, there have been times when I have really questioned God, and mm. those questions that Martha asked of, you know, mm. what are you doing? And and where are you? And why would why is this a good plan for this child to be without her family? Um, and there have been times when I've really felt angry at God. Um, times when you know I thought I was doing the the right thing. I was doing what He asked us to do. I really felt that that adopting this child was a thing that God had asked us to do. And so I was being obedient, and and He's not holding up his end of the bargain because he should then, you know, of course, make everything work out just right if, if I'm doing my part. Um, so I've had to work through a lot of that with him and just realizing that what I really do want is his will and whatever that looks like. And we've had to come to a point where I can say it's okay and not when she comes home, but if she comes home. And it's still our greatest desire and hope that we can bring her home. But we also know that God is in control, and he has a plan that's way better than ours, and that's where I want to be. I want to be in whatever that is, whether it's with her and our family or not. Um, I want to be able to trust, and that's what he's teaching me, to trust him and to trust his plan and to trust yeah. his, his goodness. Wow. That's a big step to go from when to if. So I, I admire you. Thank you for, for that. Um, Jim, encourage us. You know, now, you guys have shared your stories that are going on in your life. And in this room, we've got you know, a room full of different stories. And so no two stories are exactly the same. But there might be some things that, as you've listened today, that you can say, oh, I, I can relate to that. So, so Jim, just as, as in, in your life, as you've been sitting at Jesus' feet, what are some ways that you can encourage us in that way? Yeah, a, couple, a couple of ways, really. Um, uh, for me, um, it, it, I, tend to, I tend to be a DIYer. Um, I like to do it myself, um, but 
I've, I've learned that I can't do it by myself. I need, I need to share with, with others. I need to open up and I need mm-hmm. to rely on others for their help and their guidance. Um, I've, I've learned that, um, we're, we're, we're part of a life group and we have been for a couple of years. And I thought my role in a life group was to really just help others with their problems and in, in throughout I mean, their life. You're the leader. I'm the right? leader. Yes. Right. And life group leaders, they don't have any problems no, or any worries not. in life. Right. Yeah. That's it's all right. grand. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I've just been amazed at the way, you know, we, 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 my wife and I, my family, we've been praying and, and, um, but I'm amazed when I think about the way that God knew we needed the, that life group and those people oh. around us before we needed them, before oh. we knew it. Um, and the, the way that that was all built and put in place and those relationships started. And when the storms came, um, God had already built a, a, a safe place for us. Yeah. And so it's just been wonderful to have those people in our lives and so um you know be intentional with your prayer understand you can't do it yourself and be a part of a life group and let others come around you and help you excellent wendy how about for you how can you encourage us well god just shows me each day just this morning i was reading my devotion and just trying to get ready and not being anxious and um he reminded me that he's my refuge and that if i rest in him and trust in him He's my sanctuary. He's where I can go, and I can bring all my prayers to him. I can bring all my concerns to him. I can let go of that anxiety, and I can just let him take care of it. So through all of this, I kind of have three things to leave you with that I um, have found helpful or changes that I've made. Um, uh, Recharge and rest was number one. I was just burnt out. I like I said, I was going every other week, and they were going through so many medical problems and stuff that you just, I didn't take time, and I had to say no to almost everything else that I was wanting to do. We no longer had our grow group because I wasn't home. Um, no longer could go to my Bible study because I wasn't home. Mm-hmm. And so there... I had to start praying. That's the second thing. Prayer is just so important. Um, Sorry, I'm going to go back to recharge. In Mark 6.31, it says, Jesus recognized to efficiently do God's work, we need um, periodic rest and renewal. And so it scripturally tells us to take a break. Prayer in Philippians 4, 4 through 7, it says, pray and do not be anxious about anything. Stop and pray. And the peace that comes from that is where you get your joy, too. Mm-hmm. And the last one was obeying on John 15, 9 through 12. We are to obey him and remain in his love, love for one another as I have loved you. Um, and that's reading our Bible and taking time to listen to what the message is that God really had, coming to church and listening to the sermons. Um, I'm still working through those things with my parents, um, None of our lives are perfect, but I'm happy. I'm finding joy. I'm finding letting God have control, and he's working things out Hmm. for me. Hmm. And um, it's summer, so what better time to take time to rest and relax? Mm -hmm. It's okay to have hobbies and go on vacation, and he encourages that in order to be healthy. 
Thank you. Nicole, how about for you? How would you encourage us? I guess I would say um, a couple of things, not just if you're in a period of waiting, but if just you're in the middle of a situation where you just are like, what is God doing here? And I don't understand. Um, What's really helped me is to look back over my life in different ways and how I've seen God be faithful in big and small ways. Um, So reflecting back on your life and how God's shown himself faithful has been really helpful for me. And then going to scripture and doing the same thing, like looking for stories in the Bible of how God has shown himself faithful faithful to a story. Um, You know, the stories like Abraham and Esther are really powerful to me and and Joseph, which is one of my favorites. And I just always think now I have the perspective when I look at those stories to know the beginning and the middle and the end. And right now I'm in the middle of this story that God has for me. And someday there'll be an end and it'll be amazing. Um, But right now I'm in the middle, and so if I can look through someone else's story or a past story of mine to see how God worked it all out to bring glory to himself, like Mm. that's really cool. And then um, just stay close to God and trust him, and Mm. um, he doesn't change in our circumstances, in our situations. It's usually us who's moving, and so just remembering that he is always there and he doesn't change. Very well said. Can we show some uh, thanksgiving and appreciation for you guys? Thank you so much. Uh, Worship team, come on up. Yeah, really uh, a gift to have you all open your hearts and your eyes to us and to share what God's been doing in your lives. After you, after you, after you. Hey, uh, why don't we stand together and uh, and let's let's pray as we transition back to our, our worship team. Uh, Our Father, thank you for uh, the story, whatever story you have painted in our lives and in the lives of these panelists. Thank you for those stories and uh, what you are teaching them and for this chance to learn from you through them. And so, Father, help us to continue to find time to sit at your feet. Help us to take time to to find that rest and peace in you. And help us to to remember that no matter what we're experiencing in our lives, when we rest in you, when we trust you, we know that all is well with our soul.